Welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson. I'm here to encourage you in your walk with God. Thank you for joining in. Today's podcast is sponsored by Cunningham Financial Group. John Cunningham is a friend of mine and a brother in Christ, and he can help you with financial decisions and future planning. He's been a big help to me and my family, and I commend him to you. You can reach him at 205-913-1720. I am so thankful you're here, so let's get started. Hey, welcome back to another ESM episode. You can probably tell from the title what we'll be talking about today. This isn't gossip, which is sometimes a true statement, but not always. And part of what we're trying to do today is figure out what is this sin of gossip and how do I know when I've crossed that line? Today's recording has a little bit of a unique feel to me. It has been requested that I preach a sermon on gossip at the Lindale Church next Sunday. Not because we have some astronomical problem, but as I said, because some of us, myself included, aren't really sure of the difference between a private conversation about someone else that's okay and communication that is utterly unproductive and can in fact become destructive. So on the Bible study and sermon prep side, I'm still pretty early on in this. This episode will release on Monday morning. I will be building the sermon throughout the rest of that week to present on the upcoming Sunday. And the main reason I'm sharing that with you is this. If you want more Bible passages behind the discussion, you can tune in to the Lindell Church next week. But more crucially, if you have some thoughts you would like to contribute to this topic or some powerful passages that have helped you, then please share those with me this week. I would certainly appreciate your thoughts. So let's get this rolling with this starting idea. I'm not really sure a lot of us know what gossip actually is. This sometimes comes through in our private conversations. The title of today's episode, This Isn't Gossip, gets said in this way. So, um, this isn't gossip, but... And the things that get said after that are usually about someone who is not in the room... It's usually not positive, and whether it's true or not, it very rarely ends up being productive. Other times, I feel like we know we're crossing the line, but aren't super concerned about it. We may say something like, okay, so this is probably gossip, and then the same kind of thing takes place. I share something with someone else about someone who is neither one of us. We both enjoy that conversation for some reason, and then we go about our day. So what can we do about that? Or is there anything we should be doing about it? A great place to start is in the Word of God. And as that sermon comes together for next week, I will show everyone that there are three or four verses in the New Testament that warn against being a gossip. The words used in those passages, when you look up the definition, it kind of describes two different things. One is whisperings that are slanderous. The idea of whispering means I am sharing it with someone privately. The person I'm talking about is likely not there. And slanderous can mean true or untrue things, but it ultimately serves to injure the good name of that person, at least in the mind of the one to whom you are sharing the information. And I actually think we should think more about that. We mostly say, well, that's not my intention. 
I'm not trying to ruin someone's reputation. But if that is what I accomplish, then I might be held accountable for that. The other word has to do with the busy bodies of 1 Timothy chapter 5. Those who could have been out doing things that were productive instead stayed back and talked about silly things, vain and foolish things pertaining to other people. And you and I both know that we live in a world filled with that. Social media and entertainment news is all about dishing the dirt. It may not really matter, but it's provocative and it gets us talking and it causes us to make judgments about other people. I saw something on Yahoo this week about a TikToker who posted a 10-second video saying that the rudest celebrity they'd ever met was the girl from Full House, Candace Cameron, I think is her name. And that story just exploded. Everywhere you look, it was talking about how terrible this person apparently was who everybody thought was great. I have no explanation for why we care about silly, rude, potentially untrue things about people who are not even in any way connected to our lives. But that kind of an impulse does exist, so we need to address it and think about it. By the way, a really cool ending to that story, the actress Candace Cameron Bure, she called that young lady and had a phone conversation about what she thought was so rude, and it turned out it wasn't a big deal, and the girl just said something for entertainment value. It was foolish, it was vain or babbling, to use the definitions from the word in 1 Timothy 5, and it caused a mess. So anyway, from a Bible standpoint, those are your two lines of thought, whisperings that slander and just foolish, unproductive things about others. There are a bunch of amazing proverbs that contribute to that, and I hope to get all that work together by next week. In the meantime, though, I have some things to share with you that have made a significant difference in my life, not just in terms of gossip, but also just in the way I use my words altogether, taking more responsibility for the impact of the things that I say, and I think generally just becoming a person more pleasant to be around and more trusted, which is certainly the kind of person I've desired to be my whole life, but I've just recently learned that my speech is a huge part of that. But as I recorded a couple of years ago, when I turned 40, I decided it was time to really make the changes that matter. There were things I knew I should be doing better and occasionally did do those things, but they were the exception, not the rule. It was time to invert that metric. I wanted better calmer, more purposeful behavior to define my life with only the occasional outburst of immaturity. And for me, it came down to this short sentence that I will break into three phrases. Part one, speak less. Now, I know there might be some introverts listening who say, I don't really talk that much. But most of them do so when you're in your comfort zone. It's just that your comfort zone is kind of small. People like me have a much larger comfort zone for expressing themselves, and I've done a lot of that over the years. It's like I felt the need to speak first to get everything rolling, speak in the middle to kind of get everything back on track, and then finish with some powerful anecdote at the end to seal it up. And I'm not really differentiating between speaking in a group or one-on-one, -on -one, public or private. I just talked too much and did not listen enough. 
The third episode recorded in early 2019 for Excel Still More was from the Simon Sinek speech, Always Speak Last. I don't have to be the one talking all the time. I can listen and ask a few questions to let them share more of what they have to say and maybe contribute something at the end if absolutely necessary. So it's just kind of a life principle I'm trying to speak less. Unfortunately, for those who attend at Lindale, none of that has carried over to preaching, but I guess they can always hope. Okay, let me add something. Speak less about others. When I say that, I'm talking about people who are not in the room. You can speak about someone who is in the room, make a statement, or ask a question. They are right there to clarify things, defend themselves, or totally agree with you. But I started to realize somewhere in my 30s that talking about people who aren't there usually is not helpful. Is it sometimes important for their well-being or to formulate a plan for their benefit? Sure, but rarely. They are usually an entertainment value source for those of us who are in the room. And while sometimes that is totally harmless, especially when you're being super optimistic or complimentary, I've just more consciously tried to put a filter on that and make it have to earn its right to be said. Okay, here's the last part of this sentence. Speak less about others negatively. Now, I think for most, this is where the idea of gossip, potential slander, some of those negative things come into play. When you are in a room with someone telling a story about someone else that reflects negatively upon their choices or character, you need to be super careful with that content. I know there are scenarios when that is important to try to figure out how to help them, but I can almost guarantee you that is not usually what's going on with most people. So I really do not understand why we get so much satisfaction out of doing that, but I will definitely readily admit that we do. And I've just tried to eliminate a lot of that. I know for a fact that this really annoys certain people in my life. These are good people. They're not gossips, at least they don't intend to be. Their negativity is not to demean others' character, But when I walk in a room and I hear a conversation going on about someone who's not in the room and the things that are being said are just not flattering, I'm kind of that guy who says, what are we doing here? And wouldn't it be better if they were here to defend themselves? And what if what you heard about them is not even true? And I might even kick in, hey, let me just call them up and ask them about that. Like I said, I can be super annoying. But all of that is coming from a place of self-analysis, and I know where I was, and I just don't want to be drawn back to that again. So anyway, the statement, speak less about others negatively, is not an ironclad life law. I mean, sometimes more words are needed. Sometimes conversations about people who aren't in the room are important. Even if the topic isn't pleasant, it can be beneficial. But make those conversations have to earn the right to be held, instead of being just some default banter. I know it's not a super popular move, but it is always wisest to talk to someone when you think you know something about them that you don't like, instead of talking about them to others. There are probably quite a few reasons why that's the right thing to do, including some things that Jesus told us. 
But a couple of other things that stand out, number one, is what you think you know may not be true. So if you turn to others for whatever purpose and seed that false information in them, things can get out of control in a hurry. Sides get chosen, actions get taken, and bad things begin to happen that were totally avoidable in the beginning, but are now very hard to control. That reminds me of a story I heard once about a man who was driving down the highway late one evening, and he saw coming out of the local bar his preacher, and someone was holding his preacher up, walking him to his car. That guy could not wait to get home and tell his wife. He probably started with something like, this isn't gossip, but... And he probably ended with, don't tell anyone else. But of course, she couldn't help herself, and neither could he. And the next day, it's a Saturday, and they probably thought it was righteous on their part to tell everyone, you know, for the preacher's ultimate spiritual benefit. By the time the preacher shows up on Sunday morning, the whole church is up in arms. He gets informed by others what a bad example he is. There are calls for his repentance, his resignation, a public apology. He's told how people outside of the church already know about this, and now he is, quote, bringing reproach upon the church. So before services start, he calls that man upstairs into his office and asks him to sit down. The preacher then says the following, I was at home late Friday night when I got a call from my neighbor. You know, John, the guy I was having the Bible studies with, he had fallen off the wagon, gotten drunk, and asked me if I would come and help him get home. I was staggering out the door because I was assisting John. And if you happen to doubt me, there are plenty of witnesses, including his wife and my own. Now, as you can see, that didn't take long to clear up by a one-on-one -on -one conversation. But of course, the other man is immediately apologetic for what he said. He goes on to explain how he didn't mean for it to become such a big deal, and now he sees that he should have just pulled into the parking lot that night to try and help. So the preacher proceeds to grab one of the feather pillows off of the couch in his office. He walks over to the window and opens it. He takes a knife out of his pocket and cuts open the pillow and lets the feathers go flying out the window and down the street. He says, Brother, you would have an easier time capturing all of those feathers and putting them back in this pillow than tracking down all of the damage you caused by this gossip and making it right again. Now look, as I tell you that extreme and unique story, I know I'm not that guy and you're not that guy, but have we been like that guy? I want you to think about all of the options he had on the table. Again, he could have pulled over and assisted. He could have called the preacher later that night. He could have just given it a few days to learn more about it. He chose the path of least resistance. He spoke too much. He did so about someone else and in a negative and ultimately hurtful way, which probably wouldn't be right even if it was true. But in this case, it wasn't. And while one difficult conversation could have led to an immediate remedy, a foolish one led to a lot of damage. And maybe that's what we're talking about today, the difference between a wise, maybe less comfortable, but direct conversation with someone, or a foolish, easier to do, 
indirect conversation about someone. There's always this really great rule of thumb. Would you say that about them if they were in the room? I know there are exceptions to that, talking about your kids or trying to formulate a game plan, but most of the time that question will really help. Speaking of questions, I only have a few minutes left today, but I want to flesh out a question with a few parts to it that I'm working on for the upcoming sermon. It breaks down into pieces, kind of like the statement from earlier on in the episode, and it starts with, is it helpful? Make yourself have to clear that hurdle. This thing I'm about to share, is this a helpful thing to say? What are the benefits of sharing this? At least I can go to God saying, my motives were pure and I thought it was really going to help. If you have no argument for it being helpful and it's something negative about someone else, just go to the person instead of sharing something about them in hopes that others will echo your sentiments because that's just really about me, isn't it? Not the other person. Part two, is it helpful to God? You know, as children of the Lord, everything we do is for the Lord. At least that ought to play in as an element in everywhere we go and what we do and the words that come out of our mouths. How does sharing this information service the will of God and assist Him in trying to bless these people? This is great because it pushes us past just subjectively saying, yes, I think this is helpful, and it makes us argue why in the eyes of God. I'm going to speak on this topic or about these people. Then the third portion has multiple pieces to it, but I'll read the whole question to you. Is it helpful to God and to everyone involved? This is interesting because there are usually multiple parties involved when there is some juicy bit of information. There is the person that you might be sharing this about, but they also may have a spouse or children or parents who you may side with or side against based on what you think that you know. Sharing information about one person can negatively affect the other people who are involved. And I think particular to a church and an eldership, we have elders who are trying to manage situations. Is what you are passing around benefiting their work as leaders and guides? At this point, you might be like, I don't know. How can I know if saying this is going to help or not help shepherds, wives, children, and everyone else? You know what? That is a great question. It might just be that the best choice would be to speak less about others, and especially when it negatively reflects on their character. Reserve those conversations for very important, meaningful spiritual behavior. And maybe you and I will never again have to justify juicy information by opening with that questionable qualifier, this isn't gossip. Thank you so much for joining in today. If you enjoyed this program, consider sharing it with your family and your friends. And if you're just in search of deeper Bible study or you want to share the message of Jesus with the children in your life, remember to go to creationtorevelation.com. This wonderful company run by Christians provides beautiful illustrations of Scripture from beginning to end, putting the spotlight on Jesus. And remember this, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
excel still more.